listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. We have a lot to discuss, and I, I couldn't do it alone because to unpack this alone would be dangerous. So I had to call one of my boys over. I had to call one of my friends over at Fireside Knicks Podcast, director of social media over there as well, too, for Empire Sports Media. We got my man, Brett Hanfling. What's going on, Brett? Appreciate you having me on, Troy. I'm excited to be here. Really no better time to come on right after the trade deadline. Um, You know, at least in Nick world, you know, it's kind of the trade deadline and free agency, uh, which is our Super Bowl these years. You know, I'd like for one day be the playoffs and and a championship. But right now, these are the most exciting times. Um, So I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of notifications that rang my phone today probably broke a record and the amount of second round picks that went out today probably broke a record who knew that second rounders had so much value well they apparently don't they don't because you have to throw five of them i've never seen five second rounders be thrown in a trade and it happened multiple times today right um, it's, you know, it's, it's sc- yeah go ahead i say my screen time today you said notification my screen time will just say 24 hours like <laughs> i was just on my phone the entire day and i'm a big basketball fan not just a knicks fan um, so, you know, after the Josh Hart trade, I thought maybe something was going to come with the Knicks, Levine, maybe, but I was also just popping around the NBA. There was a lot of trades and it's, it, you know, it's one of the best days of the year. It really is. And the thing is, the thing I love about the trade season or the trade deadline season is the amount of fan engagement that you get. I was in a Twitter space this morning and I was just listening to it like radio. It ran from 9 a.m. to 3.01 p.m. That's fan dedication. You don't get that in almost any other place. The NBA has really created this little niche for itself with the trade deadline that allows not only so many announcements to to go off, but so much more fan engagement. I love that aspect of it. Um, So I agree with you 100%. I think this time is like the Super Bowl for all, you know, NBA fans because we just we salivate over. We love it. We want to see what happens. I was up till 1 a.m. last night because of all the news. So, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky I was asleep when, when Durant news dropped, because if I wasn't asleep, I would have been up for another couple hours. But luckily, I, w- I had the classic wake up, check my phone. Wait, what? Wait, what? Keep scrolling. Need to make sure till you till you hit that official Woj or Shams tweet. I, I couldn't believe it. So um, I, and I'm definitely going to get into the blockbuster trade that was Kevin Durant. And we're obviously going to go into some Nick stuff, too. Um, but, Brett, I just want to for, for, you know, for my listeners and our viewers who are watching us here today. And by the way, you can follow Brett. Look at the um, on his at on the screen right now. It'll pop up just like that. Look, see, popped up. That's for him. Make sure you follow him. He gives you really good insight, not only into the Knicks, but also into the entire league. Because like he said, he only doesn't focus on the Knicks. He focuses on the league. And one of his last tweets, if you haven't checked it out, was Mo Bamba seemingly driving a uh, a, a moving truck or a moving, yeah, moving van across town, seemingly going to L.A. So... It's like 45 minutes after the trade. He already had his U-Haul packed up. Like, 
Damn, man, he was ready to go. He was, he was, oh, he was on the spaces probably with us, waiting for the uh, news to drop, and then he just ran out the door. Um, but uh, yes, just, just for um, my listeners personally, just explain a little bit about yourself, and you know, uh, obviously, Fireside Nixon and all that. Yeah, so I'm a huge Knicks fan, big sports fan. Um, grew up on Long Island, so was a Knicks fan from the beginning. Um, started in commercial real estate, actually. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And then I, I, you know, I, I thought about it in sports and making content and specifically niche content is really what I'm passionate about. And then in turn, what I'm good at. Um, so I started podcasting. Um, I taught myself how to edit videos and produce the podcast. Um, so like you said, I've been with Fireside Knicks for three or four years now with Empire Sports. Um, we just do a weekly podcast. We shoot the crap. Um, I don't know if I can curse on this. Um, we talk Absolutely. about- Absolutely, you have to okay. curse, actually. <laughs> we just, we shoot the shit in Nick's world. We talk about recaps of the games, you know, rumors, trades, also the fun stuff, what uh, Mitchell Robinson's post on Instagram, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I do the Nick stuff. Um, very active on Twitter. Like you said, uh, I spend a lot of time there. I also yeah. manage a Twitter account for a college basketball company, um, an analytics company called CBB Analytics. Um, and I also make TikToks for a sports betting startup called Units. Um, so I'm full-time in sports content now. i full-time freelancer. So I do three or four different things in sports and, um, and I enjoy it. I really do. So basically what he's saying, folks, is that he's a very busy man. He's an entrepreneur. He does a lot of different things. And we are very, very thankful that he gave us some of the time today to talk about not only the Knicks, but the NBA in general. Brett, again, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to get straight to it because the number one thing I want to start with, he's 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 actually but but behind me. That that's Josh Hart. And it's seemingly uh, the reason I want to talk about Josh Hart, if if nobody even knows why, is because Josh Hart was traded to the New York Knicks. That's right, man. The New York Knicks traded for Josh Hart. In return, New York is sending Cam Reddish, uh, Ryan Accardinato, Siv Mikhailov, and a protected 2023 first-round pick as lottery-protected guys. Um, and it turns into four second <laughs> – again, we <laughs> second-round picks. Four second-round picks if it's not conveyed this year. So that's the current trade, and obviously um, the Knicks are getting Josh Hart in, in regards to that. When I heard about this trade initially, Brett, I was um, – I wasn't really happy. I mean, I love Josh Hart. I think Josh Hart's a solid addition, and I think that he can make a difference to this team. He's a Thibs guy. You know, he's shooting career high from the field at 50%, driving to the rim. He's at 70%. And then if you're talking about just in general um, his uh, shooting ability, while he was about 30% this year because he's not shooting as many. I think he's getting up four a game because um, you're playing with Dame and Afrini Simmons, the two most highest usage players in the league probably. Um, I think – if you go back the year before when Dame was hurt, his percentage was up to about 34 to 37. So he legitimately actually can shoot the three. So he can give you that. I think that if you can get him open at three, he'll be able to do that. He's an offensive rebounding demon because for his size at six, five to be able to get, he's averaging eight rebounds a game as a, as a guard forward. That's for his size at six, five. It's, it's when he's one of the best in the league at it. It's, so I love that part of it. I didn't like the protected pick aspect, especially when I learned it was our pick. 
I wanted to see why we couldn't do another pick. I learned afterwards that because we gave the Mavs pick last year, we couldn't then give that pick again this year. You can't give a uh, team's uh, first round pick twice, even if you own it. So we were forced, I think, to give our pick for 2023. However, the protection makes me feel a little bit better. But I always think about the talent that we could have had, right? But the Knicks are the Knicks. They, they, if they have multiple first-round picks in the 2023, they're likely not playing all these people. They're likely going to move these picks anyways. And if you're telling me you move this pick for a Josh Hart selection, I'm going to take that as a Knicks fan as a win. For you, when you heard about the trade, what did you think of it? What do you think it means for the Knicks? And do you think it's a good pickup? Yeah, so first of all, when I saw that notification, you know, you get that notification from Shams or Woj and you see Knicks there and your heart just stops. Like, what is about to happen? Um, so, you know, Josh Hart for Cam and a first round pick. I didn't expect it to happen. There was a report earlier in the day, but I still didn't expect it to happen. Um, like you said, first thought, Josh Hart's a good player, a good, solid player, really good rebounder, good defender. Shooting 50% while shooting 30% from three is very impressive. Um, so you're adding a talented player, which is important in basketball. You want to have talented players. Um, and like you said, at first I was very excited because I thought it was going to be either the Matt, the Mavs pick we have or the Bucks protected first or Washington protected first. I was a little bummed to see it was our pick. Um, you know, cause that pick probably is land somewhere 15 to 18 or 19, you know, the Knicks aren't moving up too much. I, I don't expect, um, so here's the thing. You add a talented player. You want to make the playoffs. Tips is a win now type of guy. Even Leon Rose doesn't have that much leash left. Um, you know, I don't think he's gone if we don't make the playoffs this year, but maybe in the next two years, if we don't make the playoffs, he might be gone. So you bring in a talented player. Um, and, and you kind of nailed something important, or maybe you didn't, but we have the Dallas pick next year. So I don't think the Knicks – we're ever going to roster two rookies from next year's draft that also are not a lottery pick. So like two, you know, high picks because listen, the Knicks, they don't have the top end talent, but they're a deep team. We have rotation issues. You know, Cam Reddish wasn't playing. Obi Toppin doesn't get that many minutes. So this team is deep. So for people to think we were going to uh, roster or at least play both the Dallas pick and our own pick, if it's on the lottery, it was unlikely. Um, I like, I like Josh Hart though. He's a winner. Um, there were some stats. I think he leads Portland in plus minus. Um, he's not really, even though he plays a lot of minutes, he's not a high usage guy. He doesn't need to have the ball. He kind of fills the holes and could just play off of good teams. You know, he won a championship in uh, college. He's friends with Jalen Brunson. So with all that said, cause I'm kind of rambling a little bit with all that being said, I like it. I'm not obsessed with it. If Leon Rose called me and said, Brett, we have to make a decision. Your final call, do you do it or not? I would say, yeah, but you know, I'm not over the moon about it. You had a solid player. What I want to ask you is, and it's going to be a battle on Nick's Twitter is now what happens to the rotations. I think you're muted. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so it's funny. A lot of people actually asked me that question recently. They wanted to know what happens with um, with regards to the Knicks rotation. He's going to start. I think he starts. Um, two reasons why. He's a veteran. So he's that's automatically Thibs' guy. He does what Grimes does 
just a little bit better in terms of his efficiency to run the rim. Grimes doesn't cut enough. He doesn't do the things that he doesn't open his bag as much as he could because Grimes is an underrated passer. I think his passing ability is sensational. Uh, he cuts good. Josh cuts better. That's because of experience. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It just that's what it is right now. Grimes doesn't cut enough. Hart doesn't stop running. He's always in motion. He's a motion fluid guy. And if you know Thibs, move, 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 run, 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 switch, switch, switch. He plays one, two, and three. Grimes can't do that. Um, now the the argument is Grimes is six five as well, and people he's guarding wings. Wings are shooting over him. So they, the argument is Josh Hart is six five as well. Aren't wings going to shoot over him too? Yes, but they're going to have a harder time shooting over him because his type of defense is a lot more impactful than Grimes is right now. Yeah. Grimes probably will get to that level given experience and time. But what what um what he gives you now, Josh Hart, is somebody who can consistently give you somebody who can run to the rim, who can cut, and who can be the player you need him to be whenever you need him to be. You can stagger RJ out and in because of him. You can stagger Grimes out and in because of him. You can stagger quickly in and out because of him. The guys get rest. So people think that, you know, they added this guy and he wasn't going to get any minutes and he has a player option for $12.6 million uh, next year. So people are like, oh, for a rental. Listen, guys, if you think Josh Hart signed here without some type of deal in the, in the, in, you know, in the back of the door saying you're probably going to resign, that's kind of what it is. He's a Thibs guy. I don't think it's a rental. I think he resigns. I think he'll probably resign for 18 to $20 million, depending on you know, where his value is. Um, and I think a lot of people are underestimating what Josh Hart can do to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Because if we forget, he was playing with Randle in L.A. And I'm not saying it matters, but chemistry in this league is hard to come by. Just because you put all the pieces together, <laughs> Brooklyn, doesn't mean it works. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Do you think he starts? First of all, I'm impressed we got almost 20 minutes into this call, and that was the first uh, Brooklyn dig we got. So... Props to us. Um, I, I honestly, I'm not so sure he starts. Um, I'm not as confident as you. I think he's going to play. So he's been playing 33 minutes a game for the last two seasons. I think he plays somewhere around 25 to 28 minutes. I don't think he's going to play quite 33. So I just did this before. When I do the math of that, what I think is going to happen, I don't. I think Deuce McBride's minutes are going to be gone. And, and you could have your opinions on that. He's been playing better. He's not a great player. He's not a great offense player, but he's been getting better. So I would have liked to see him keep improving. I think Deuce's minutes are gone. That's 10 to 15 minutes from Deuce. Then you need, let's say, 10, 15 more minutes. I think it would be pretty even between RJ, Quickly, and Grimes. Um, and that gets him 25 minutes. Now, that I didn't talk about the starter thing. I think he's going to keep Grimes in the starting lineup. I, I might be wrong. I think Josh Hart is like a high enough character guy um, who was on a shitty team, now gets inserted to a better team, like it could be in a playoff run, playing in New York. He took that video in his car where he was like, I'm in New York, um, which I loved. I loved He's it so much. He's a ton of interaction on Twitter. Like he must be like, the Portland fans were not like this, but. No, um, definitely not. <laughs> Dame didn't like it either. So what Dame said, he he's a little heartbroken. That was one of his friends, and he wanted to be in Portland too. So Dame didn't like the uh, trade either, actually. Did Dame tweet something? or did uh, He actually spoke out of it. They talked about it at the um, press conference. They asked him what he felt about the Josh Hart trade. He's like, you know, I don't really like it. Like, you know, he understands it because of the business aspect, but he doesn't like the business aspect of it because essentially it took one of his good friends away. 
So that's the whole aspect for him. He did look very, very upset at the post conference. So that's all. Yeah. Good. That, that means we got someone <laughs> worth worth having, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. And um, I look, listen, I think I don't care if Josh Hart starts or, or not. I think I think because Quentin Grimes and him kind of do so much of a similar thing that if you were to switch them, it, you might not see that much of a difference. I get the the argument of keeping Grimes, though. You work so hard to gain the chemistry with the starting unit. Now you have it. Do you want to ruin it? And the bench always needs an upgrade. And who's the better upgrade for the bench, Grimes or Hart? And if you do that, it'd probably be Hart. So I could probably understand that that mindset. The thing is, though, he's playing a career-high 33 minutes this season. So he's, if you're going to get those minutes, you're likely going to have to be a starter. Not saying he couldn't get it off the bench because Thibs is you know known for playing whoever he wants to play, and then the fourth quarter comes and he plays who he thinks is going to win him the game. So it's not saying he couldn't get those minutes, but I think he'd lock those minutes in a little bit more easier if he was a starter. So that's my whole thing about it. Um, and I think he could groom Grimes to become who he is, just a better version. So I think that could happen as well too, but he'd have to start, I think, to do that. But we'll see. I mean, I'm not mad at the, um, I'm not mad at it at all, but I know who is mad. I know some people who are very mad right now. They're They're across the bridge right now, I think. Um, they've been crying. They've been yelling. I've heard Cam Thomas is the next Kyrie Irving. I've heard that, um, you know, they have uh, everything they need now to play fun basketball again, like 2019. I mean, the spaces that I was in and what the things that they were saying to kind of spin this whole story to be, well, you know, we're fine, we're good, and now we're, you know, back to playing Brooklyn ball again. I am not letting anything of that go. If you, Brett, I, I think you were probably part of it you remember that whole you know kd Kyrie, zion picture that we all saw obviously zion didn't uh you know come to fruition but we thought at least Kyrie and kd looking back i think the brooklyn nets are probably the worst modern nba franchise currently and i think the brooklyn nets chapter as soon as they turned to it was an immediate failure Built it up, broke it down, built it all the way back up to the highest point. Three all-star likely Hall of Famers, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, all gone. And the best player you have on your team is arguably Mikel Bridges and then Ben Simmons. That's what you're left with after you've traded all of these guys. And if nobody knows what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the blockbuster trade that happened last night at around 1230 when Woj tweeted it that Kevin Durant was traded to the Phoenix Suns for a package of Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, which we'll get to because he's no longer part of Brooklyn, and four unprotected future first-round picks. Also, it's TJ Warren and Durant who's actually going out there. But that's a massive, game-changing, league-altering move. You're talking about a Phoenix Suns team that's about here in the playoffs that shot to now finals contention. And if everybody stays healthy, you can't give me an argument to why the Suns can't take it this year. Because they're arguably, offensively, Booker, Paul, Ayton, Durant, and whoever else you want to plug in there. Who are you throwing doubles at? Who are you defending? Because either one of them is going to get you. Can you just give me your thoughts on what you thought when you read the KD news, how you felt about it? Did you expect him to move? And what does this mean for the league? Well... When I read the Katie news, <laughs> it was the second I woke up and I did not know what was going on. I had to read the next tweet, the next tweet, and then finally get to Woj's tweet because it was right. like, 
you know, I'm happy I was sleeping at that point. Cause if I wasn't, I would have been up for the next hour or two. Um, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's terrible. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It's chaotic. Um, since that Woj tweet in 2019, he phrased it, you know, Brooklyn makes a clean sweep tonight. Um, they signed Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and actually the funny thing is DeAndre Jordan was part of that tweet. Um, and then they add James Harden, like you said, three future Hall of Famers. And I don't even have that many Brooklyn Nets fans in my life. Like, I don't, my friends aren't really uh, Nets fans, they're Knicks fans, but I see them on Twitter. So they were all in our face, you know, you know, we're the laughable franchise, the Knicks, we always think we're on the players and we don't get them. Listen, you got them and there were a disaster, specifically Kyrie Irving. I think if if Kyrie wasn't a part of that, I don't, Durant, you know, Durant has some uh, blame because he requested a trade earlier this offseason, request, probably requested a trade again this week. He has some blame, but it was Kyrie who really shook this thing up. It's, you know, they, what, they won one playoff series or two, I forget. Um, only one. Won For one playoff all series. three of those players to be here, and they only won one. And the thing they keep saying, well, if Kevin Durant's toe wasn't on the line, whatever, man. You won one. But go ahead, Brett. It's it's just remarkable. They, they and the, fun, the funniest part about it is, even with all the cracks and the disruption the last couple of years, and this past offseason, this summer, felt like everything was done. The funniest part is they were playing really good ball the last two months. Like, really good ball. After all the disruption, after the Kyrie, you know, suspension, um, you know, left out and all the scrutiny, they were playing really good ball the last two months. I think I saw a tweet in KD's last 19 games, and that's where 17 and 2. So, with all this happening, they kind of pieced it together for this beautiful, for this really good two month run. And me as a Knicks fan, I'm like, you know what? If they put it together in the playoffs, there's a chance. And then it just falls apart. And um, listen, I actually think they, once they traded Kyrie, the Kyrie trade was an okay haul. The Durant haul, even though it's a great trade for the Suns, what Brooklyn got back keeps them in contention. I disagree where you say they're the, the, in the worst position of any franchise right now because Mikhail Bridges is a good player. Ben Simmons is not. Um, but they do have Dinwiddie, four first-round picks. They need to retool. There are worse teams. There's the Charlottes. There's the Spurs. Um, I, I'm blanking right now, but I kind of like what the Magic have, the Thunder. But it, it's just – and the weirdest part is they're in a playoff position right now. So it's like there's not that many games left for them to drop out. So they're going to either be in, in the playoffs or in, like, the playing. So they're going to be playing some big games with this – weird team um you know you couldn't have you couldn't have scripted it up no you couldn't but the funny thing is for me is I don't think look they have a lot of strong wings right I think they're gonna probably try to build around Mikel that would be smartest although the Nets are not smart so they might well I want Mikel first of all I want to put that out there I tweeted it this morning because he said he wanted to get dinner with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson how about you just come to MSG and you can have it every night because if you add a Mikel Bridges to the Knicks right now you put them you launch them into probably top three or four. They're up there with the Cavs at that point because that's how much of an impact player uh, Bridges is. He fits a need. He is He's Iron Man, like Julius Randle, who doesn't miss a game. I don't think Mikel Bridges has missed a game in his entire career yet. Yeah, he's really good. Really good defender. He's scoring career highs, like 17 a game. Yeah. Hard player, good shooter. He's 
I, I read that the Nets said, you know, it's a non-starter if Bridges isn't a part of the deal, which makes sense when you're right. Kevin Durant. But see, the thing is, that's my point, though. You gave in, you gave up basically the best player in the league or one of the best players in the league for Mikel Bridges. All due respect to Mikel Bridges because he's a phenomenal player, and I think he's going to be a great piece. But you gave away a franchise star for a piece, and that's why I'm saying that the Brooklyn Nets, from where they were, to where they're projected to go, which is, by the way, in my opinion, playing is a monumental, not only disaster, but failure. And props to Kyrie Irving, who used his value very wisely because he knew he wasn't going to get a deal, but he played himself into a deal by doing what he did and then waiting a week before the deadline ended to say, hey, um, can you trade me? And then they traded him to Dallas. And that trade, by the way, to Dallas for Spencer – um, and uh, a few other picks. I don't know the entire trick. I don't pay attention to all the Brooklyn and stuff, but I know it was, it wasn't a crazy it's, haul, uh, but it was, it was uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith and, and one first rounder. Right. One for Kyrie Irving, the masterclass magician on the floor, probably because of all his, you know, off court escapades and whatnot. And who knows how many games he's going to play. But listen, man, when he's on the court, he's a masterclass. He does play defense. I know a lot of people say he doesn't. He does play defense. Luka plays defense too. Not like he just stands there like a broomstick. He plays defense as well. That team is scary to me. Christian Wood, Kyrie Irving, and Luka Donix, that's scary. That's top four type team. Lakers probably pushed themselves into top five. Um, and uh, with, regards to, with regards to Phoenix, they pushed themselves to number one. As far as I'm concerned, if Phoenix doesn't win this year, they win, they'll probably win next year. That's how good they are. I, don't, I can't see Phoenix losing. They just have too much offensive firepower. In your opinion, do you see any team that could topple the Phoenix Suns and what they have right now? Are you you're talking the whole league, not just the West? Correct. So I still have – so actually Vegas still has Boston as the favorite and then Phoenix as the second favorite. So mm-hmm. they, they do have the Suns as the favorite in the West, which – I think it's fair. I mean, you have Booker and Kevin Durant, two of the, I don't know, five or six best scorers in the league. Definitely two of the top ten. Then um, you have Chris Paul's veteran savvy, even though he's not quite playing as well. Um, he's a guy you want to have in the playoffs. And even though the West got a little stronger with Kyrie, the West, like maybe one through t- ten, they're better than the East, but they don't have the top talent. Like the Warriors aren't playing how they usually do. Um, I think the Nuggets are pretty good, but they haven't made any any noise in the playoffs the last five years. Um, so, and Durant's probably be rejuvenated, um, you know, on a fresh start, get rid of that situation. Um, I have them coming out of the West, but I still like Boston and Milwaukee. Mm. And I shadily think uh Philly's actually good also I know people like to shit on them they haven't done anything the last couple of years I still like Philly a lot so I actually would have maybe not Philly I, I mean I'm a massive Giannis fan I think he's incredible um I'm gonna put Milwaukee and Boston over Phoenix Ooh. I'm gonna put Phoenix three I'm gonna put Philly four uh four the thing is with Philly, I can't put my faith in James Harden. I've seen too many playoff series and too many failures to to put my faith in there. And I'm not saying it's going to all be on him, but I know in the key moments when you're going to need him, he's not going to show up. And that's just from experience. That's why I can't put any type of faith into Philly. If Philly's going to do any noise, it's, it's going to be because Joel Embiid is the one who forces it to move that direction. 
Um, I think I, I can agree with Milwaukee. Um, although I think Chris Middleton is not as not as not as much of the same player as he was before. He's still that's, finding his groove into it. So that's, that's kind of yeah. yeah. So that's my whole thing for the Bucks. If they can figure that out, then yeah, I'd probably give you the Bucks there. The Celtics lost Jalen Brown just now. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, that is going to affect their record a little bit, I think, because um, they're not there's there's no way to replace what he is. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. I think if everything goes right, Boston has a chance. But if it's Boston versus Phoenix in the finals, Phoenix is sweeping them. I'm telling you that right now. Phoenix sweeps them. That's what I think in terms of that type of series. Because Boston themselves, Phoenix presents a very bad matchup for Boston. Because Phoenix can – the thing with Boston is they play man-on-man defense quite a bit. You're not playing man-on-man defense on Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. You can't. You can't. You have to throw a double. And when you throw a double, they have shooters. That's the problem. Boston doesn't know how to deal with shooters. They have their own shooters, and they can shoot you out as well, too. That's how they play. But Phoenix pr- pretty much plays a Boston style, but just a little bit better. And they have DeAndre Ayton inside. And I'd make the argument that Ayton, especially how he's playing now, has been better than how Robert Williams has been playing, even though Robert Williams is a little bit better in terms of his defense. But he doesn't give you that much on offense. The Ayton's a double threat in that regard. So I think if that, if that matchup did happen, I'm picking Phoenix every day over Boston. But I, I actually see the Bucks being in the finals because um, I think their team right now is very, very good. They're on an eight-game winning streak, I think, right now, which is phenomenal. Uh, best, I think that's best in the league right now. So um, I have more faith in the Bucks choice that you have versus the Boston uh, at this point in time. But we'll see how the league shakes out. I don't want to keep it too long because I know we're a little past time here, but I'm going to try to go through a couple of these questions okay. with you. Okay. Uh, all right, so um, let's go through the playoff in the East now, right? Nets are, were one of the teams. You could have made the argument it was about maybe a five-team race before, right? Now we're talking about the standings. We have Boston, we have Milwaukee, we have the Celtics, we have the Cavs, and then we had Brooklyn. I don't have them there anymore. So really, you're talking about three other teams now. Miami, the Hawks, and the Knicks. And if you're looking at those three teams and you're thinking to yourself, what team potentially could go there, I'd make the argument that the two slots that would be taken would be by the Heat and the Knicks. So I would say that with this, with the moves that happened during the trade deadline, with the addition of Josh Hart, they are a little bit closer to achieving a legitimate playoff spot. So I think the, all these changes had led to Knicks to be a to be an actual playoff team, not flirting with playing like they were before all the moves happened. Do you think that all the changes, the Josh Hart move, do you believe this solidifies the Knicks as a playoff team? Or do you still think they will be flirting with the play-in come uh, end of the season? Yeah, I, I, I think they're still going to be flirting, to be honest. I, I'd love to avoid it because my heart's not going to handle a one-game playoff or a two-game playoff. Um, yeah. You know, it's something we've never seen yeah. um, as a Knicks fan. Listen, there's not that many games left. Can you pull up the standard? I'll pull up the standard. Um, yeah, I, can pull, I can pull it up as well, too. I think I have it over here. Uh, one of my windows. Um, yeah. You want to look I at think, the standings or you want to look at the yeah, – stand- Yeah, so it's, so, a, uh, it's Boston, Bucks, Sixers, you know, Cavs. But, but here's okay. the thing. The all-star, okay. break, the all-star break always fools you into thinking it's halfway through the season. It's really not. It's closer to the end. <laughs> so there's not as many games left as you think. So 56, there's about 25, 26 games left. So it's not quite as many as you think. I actually, looking at that, what the Nets are, I don't want to get too close to my three up. I, I can three up on the Knicks for three and a half. I actually think they might have enough to just stick around with the Knicks. The Heat have been under underperforming. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's going to stay or if they're going to figure it out because on paper, they have a better roster than the Knicks. You know, yeah. Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler, 
just two, two of those guys, they have a better roster. Um, so it's going to be tough to get comfortably in the top six. Um, you what do you think about the Hawks? You think the Hawks are going to be in there? I see. I, I, I think they've, I think the Hawks are better than they've been playing. Um, I, um, I think Trey Young's a really good player. Um, who's not getting any shine this year, despite still putting up basically the stats he's put up the last couple of years. Um, after that, I'm not that worried about Chicago or Toronto or Washington or Indiana, but I think with Knicks, he, uh, Atlanta, and then Brooklyn are going to be fighting for those final two spots. Um, I hope Josh Hart gives us a little energy to push. Um, you know, maybe Jalen Brunson gets into the all-star game. Now that uh, Jalen Brown is out, maybe that gives him like this extra confidence, even though he's playing great already. Yeah. Um, and maybe the Knicks just have a great push. I mean, we just beat Philly, right? Um, and we're playing pretty good ball. So I, I hope we can avoid the plan. I really do. So you mentioned the Jalen Brunson all-star. I'm calling it a snub. Um, in my opinion, there's a player on the all-star right now, the reserves, that shouldn't be there. I'm just going to say it out loud because it's fine with me. DeMar DeRozan. Not that he's not a good player. The Bulls are 10th in the East right now. Brunson is an impactful player because he impacts winning. He should have been there. I know why he wasn't, because the Knicks can't get to. I know it. It's fine. Cool. He's now Jalen Brown's injured. The argument is going to be these two players, Harden or Jalen Brunson. And which one are you going to pick? And the unfortunate part is it's probably going to go to Harden. Sixers are doing better, their record's higher, and he's impacting winning. So if you're looking at that, it could be Harden. I would make the argument, though, if we're talking about career stats and career highs, Jalen Brunson being added in this offseason. He's been the best free agent addition this offseason by far. There's no argument with that. Um, so that's number one. Number two, Jalen Brunson himself uh, has been putting up career highs in points, 22 points, I believe, and in assists. He's averaging like six assists a game in his first year running a team by himself. For me... That's game changing, altering changing. So I would, if I'm if I'm voting, I would fixate more on that and include Brunson. Who do you think actually makes the um, reserve spot if Jalen can't play? Do you think it's going to be JB, RJB, or is it going to be uh, Harden? Yeah, so I'm just going to throw one other name into the mix, which is Pascal Siakam. He's having a really good season, mm. 25 points a game, but it is similar to the DeRozan thing. They are 10th in the East. Um, so... I think he has a chance, but let's just leave him out for now. The thing is, hard, on paper, Harden, and on paper and stats, Harden's having the better season. He's 20 and 10. Um, Philly, obviously, is a better team than the Knicks right now. But when you look at, like, kind of the difference that Jalen Brunson has made, coming into a team that missed the playoffs last year, hasn't had a good point guard in 20 years, um, scoring 20 a game, shooting a good percentage, the clutch points – you know, they've defined clutch as like the last five minutes of the game, um, like five or less points, or maybe three minutes of the game. I forget. He's leading, leading clutch points. So when you look at the totality of how he's improved this team, like my heart wants to give it to Brunson. And, and I hope the coaches do also. Like he's built this, he's energized this team to thinking that they're good and playing good. And he's made uh, Randall a better player. Listen, just for how much he's made Randall better, he should be an all-star after, you know, the awful season last year. Um, it's really close. I think if you if, if they just kind of look at the stats and the record, it's going to go to Harden. I, I would give a slight edge to Harden, but I hope my guy JB gets in. 
I really hope JB gets in. I'm a biased Nick fan. I want JB inside. I don't want Harden there. Harden has enough, okay? JB has none. Give JB at least one. So that's how I see it. Um, going to the uh, question that's been on a lot of Nick fans' minds, mine as well, too. I don't know how you think about this, but there's always been an argument right now with Brunson, Barrett, and Randall, and that trio, if they can effectively work together. And I think we've seen cases where Barrett has been gone, and we see Randall, we see um, Brunson, and they're playing pretty well. We see cases where Randall is sometimes not uh, on, and Barrett and Brunson are the ones doing it. And sometimes we see Brunson take over, and he's the one doing it. But it seems like when they're all trying to do it together, it doesn't happen. Like, I don't think there's been a game thus far this season, maybe maybe one or two, where they all scored above 20 points. So just in your opinion, from what you've seen thus far of, this, of these three, do you think – is, do you think it works, number one? And also, do you think it just needs more time? Yeah, I, I mean, as a big three, they don't mesh together perfectly. Um, they are the big three. They're the three leading scorers. Um, you know, they're the three highest paid guys. They are the guys leading this team. The issue is, and, and I don't know how you feel. I, I'm slightly down on RJ Barrett this year, which I wish I wasn't saying. But I think he's just been having a rough year. His field goal percentage is too low. He's taking tough shots. Um, and when you're talking about how they're meshing together, he's not really getting people involved. Um, his, his assists are down. So it kind of, with RJ Barrett, it kind of becomes like that. It's my turn to score. And he can get buckets for sure. But it's kind of like, it's my turn to score. And then even with Randall and Brunson a lot, a lot of times it's like, all right, I'm going to get us a bucket. Um, which, if you're really good scorer, it works. And, and it has been working here and there. But as a three-headed big three, they're not the perfect mesh. Also, Brunson, even though he's a decent facilitator, he's not like – he's not setting – I don't know how many – I think he averages like four or five assists, maybe six assists. He's not yeah. like a ten-assist type of guy. He's not – you know, it, it, it maybe more time. That's kind of the, the rosy way to look at it, that they just need more time. I don't think it's the perfect fit. But that, that said, that doesn't mean they can't win a bunch of games and, and, and make a little bit of damage. No, that's the thing for me. Uh, from what I've seen, they don't work together. It's just not effective. Um, it, they work better when it's two of them on the floor versus all three of them. You saw that when Barrett is off the bench. I think Thibs even sees it. That's why Barrett plays with the bench unit, because Barrett gets more opportunity. He gets to run the ball more. He gets to control pace. And I think Barrett, to be effective, needs the ball in his hands as much as possible. And the game without JB, I think you saw that, uh, was the Miami game, I believe, right? Um, without, J without Jalen Brunson, um, RJ Barrett was taking it to the rim almost every opportunity that he had. Um, he's not as smooth in the paint as I'd like him to be, but he is strong, stronger than he's ever been in his career, I think. That's why he's able to finish a lot better than he was before. And because he's using either hand now, um, it helps him in that regard. The thing with RJ Barrett is he falls in love with the three way too often. He um, shoots that three like he can knock it down every time like he's a 45% shooter, and he's just not. And for me, i rather him take it to the rim every single time so he gets confidence. And then if after he does that, if he's open, take a few. But if they're not going in, if you miss three in a row, just stop. Just drive it because sometimes when you drive it and you see the ball go in, that confidence is all you need to continue doing it, and that can give you the momentum you need to start making points. So I agree with you. I think R.J. Barrett's definitely had a slow year. Um, not played up to the point that we thought we were going to have from Barrett. I expected a huge, hellacious all-star season from Barrett this year. I thought he was going to do it. I thought he had all the rights to do it. I thought Jalen Brunson was going to impact him just as much as he impacts uh, Julius Randle. 
and it just hasn't, you know, come to that yet. RJ Barrett is known to have slow starts and to come on really strong after all-star break. So maybe that's going to be the case. Maybe that happens, but only time will tell. Um, I want to jump really quick into the, the one of our last points here, the Sixers versus Knicks game. You mentioned we did beat the Sixers. They're not going to be happy about that, Brett. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be a little pissed off. And we're playing them, I believe, in Philadelphia tomorrow. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, tomorrow it's going to be at Philadelphia at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. New York Knicks versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Harden and Embiid are going to have revenge on their minds because they do not want another L against us. Just not going to be a good look for them. I'm very worried. I'm always yeah. worried when we play the Sixers, but so much more worried when we don't have anybody inside like a Mitchell Robinson. When you're missing Mitchell Robinson and you go up against a phenom, an MVP candidate caliber player in Joel Embiid, I worry. When you go against a phenom and assist with James Harden, who can give you 10 or 20 assists at in a drop of a dime, that's scary. We might have defense that could limit them, but it's very hard to stop them. Personally speaking, I think the Knicks take an L on this one, especially at Philadelphia. I don't want it to be the case. I want them to win. But from everything I'm seeing, especially with the mindset that Philadelphia is going to have coming into the game, I don't see them losing. What's your thoughts on it? Who do you think wins tomorrow's game, and, and why do you think that? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough game. Philly is a good team. Uh, they're the three seed or the two seed. We're just looking at it. Um, yeah. yeah, we beat them, and that was one of our biggest wins, and that was at home. And it took a real effort. Um, yeah, no Mitchell Robinson hurts. Jericho Sims had a really tough time on um, on Embiid. So Hardenstein played a lot of the game. Which is not, you know, I don't think Hardenstein is an Embiid stopper. They're going to be out for revenge. It's, you know, they're trying to catch Boston. It's going to be a tough game. You know what? You're, you're picking Philly. I'm going to pick the Knicks. I'm, uh, I, this uh, Josh Hart energy, I don't know if he's playing. I hope he's playing. Um, I don't think he actually will be. Uh, he's I, I, for last I checked, anyways, from Fred Katz who tweeted it out. I don't think he's gotten his physical yet, and I know yeah. if you don't get that, you're not going to be able to. So maybe they can rush it, and he'll be able to clear it. But I think he might be on Saturday where he debuts. All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to say the Josh Hart energy um, after the trade deadline, moving to the second half of the season, a, a big win coming from the Knicks. That's where I'm going. Hey, listen, man, if I'm wrong, I will be happy to stand on that wrong because I would love to be wrong in this situation. I want the Knicks to go on a three-game win streak so I can say three of them things. It's hard to say two of them. Two of them things just don't work. You need you need the third one to make it you know, actually sound good. So that's where I'm at there. So just um, my last point with you, Brett. First of all, Brett, you've been great. I'm so happy that you came on the show today. Uh, hope you can become a regular with me here as well, too, because I'd love to chop it up with you. Love your knowledge of ball. I just want to get your final thoughts. Just any final thoughts on the trade deadline uh, moves that were made and anything that may have shocked you or surprised you other than the, obviously the Josh Hart and KD trades that we were talking about? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't expect a huge move out of the Knicks, which some fans did. And OG Ananobi, Zach Levine. Yeah. Um, I don't really know who else is out there. Um, the thing is, the, the Knicks are in a pretty good spot. We're not in an amazing spot, but we have talent. We have draft picks. We have somewhat of a flexible cap situation in the future. We're pointing in the right direction. And now, you know, we're not really close to winning a championship, but we're pointing in the right direction. So I was a little worried about taking a big swing and, and kind of, you know, collapsing. And I'm willing to do that for the right player. I was willing to do that for Donovan Mitchell, which in retrospect, we probably should have done. I think, I don't know who it is, but I hope there's a player in the offseason, And that's where we put all our, our pieces and our assets. But 
like I said, I didn't expect us to do a huge move. I'm kind of okay with that. Um, I thought they might move Obi Toppin. I liked Obi, but you know, he's not getting the playing time. His game is kind of changing. He's shooting more threes than ever. Um, I'm happy they move him because I don't think they would have got that big of a return, or at least it seems like based on them not moving him, they wouldn't have. Um, you know, this is our squad. We add Josh Hart. This is our squad, and we move into the second half. I'm trying to think if there was anything I thought was going to happen. Um, what do you think about the Sadiq Bay um, trade? For me, that was the craziest one for me because I thought a Bay player, his type of player and what he's shown, could at least gone for a first, even a protected first. To see him go, I think, for four or five seconds for me was just shocking. He went to Atlanta after all is said and done, I believe, because he was traded, I believe, to um, the Warriors. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a three-way trade with James Wiseman, but Correct. technically he was traded for five seconds. Yeah, I like Sadiq right. Bay. He was mentioned with the Nets. I would have taken him. Um, yeah. That being said, once we had Josh Hart, he throws Sadiq Bay, then that's just a rotation nightmare. Right. But um, he's a good player. I think with Detroit, they just, you know, they're on a weird timeline. They're still kind of tanking. Um, you know, they got yeah. a lot of young players. Um, I don't know. That, that was a weird one. I like Sadiq, play, Sadiq Bay as a player. Yeah, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he's gonna be a very good compliment for, um, for the bench because that's probably where he's gonna come off of now. I don't, th- I don't think he could start, um, but with, if he comes off the bench for Atlanta, that gives them a huge, huge boost because right now they don't really have anybody once Trey Young goes to the bench. If you can replace that with a Sadiq Bay and you can alter those type of um, units, it would be an amazing type of feat. But Brett, listen, man, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Always a pleasure having you. If you guys haven't. Please follow my man, Brett. His at is on the screen right now. It's right there. It's right there. Follow him. It's very easy. Support and love is always free. Support what he's doing over there at Fireside Knicks as well. Please listen to his podcast just as well as you're listening to this. And they have a YouTube channel. So it's going to be in the description. So definitely subscribe to his YouTube channel so you can get all of his latest news, my latest news, and news about the Knicks. Because at the end of the day, we're all here for the orange and blue. That's what we're here about. Um, Guys, don't forget as well, I'll be doing a Twitter space every Saturday. You'll catch my uh, Twitter space this Saturday coming up. We're going to be rolling from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We're going to have you callers up. We're going to be talking about Knicks, trades, so many things. I can't wait for you guys to join us. Brett, thank you again for joining the show. It's been a pleasure having you, buddy. Troy, this was awesome. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you shouting out my Twitter like that. It's right there. Um, Yeah, you know, happy to come on sometime. And uh, listen, I'm excited about the rest of the season. So uh, I'll see you on Twitter. I'll see you on the spaces. And uh, happy to come back here. Appreciate you, Brett. And again, fans, thank you guys for watching and tuning in and rocking with us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. But until then, Nick fans, laugh at Brooklyn. (laughs) And peace out. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.